everybody. Welcome to Between the Horns. I'm Miles Simmons. DeMarco Farr is to my right. It is mm. October 4th. It's just Gosh. about 10.30 a.m. Pacific time here in Agora Hills, California. And the Rams are an mm. undefeated 4-0 at nice. the quarter pole. Nice. Yeah, isn't it weird that we're like a week removed from the last game? It's been a while. Yeah, right? Yeah, since we were out there, since they were out there. But yeah. that's good. I mean, that's the that's the plus side of a Thursday night game. It is. The back side, you get a lot of rest. Exactly. Yeah, but it, it's a short week, no doubt. It was, yeah. and I think that's kind of what makes that 38-31 to 31 victory over the Vikings that much more impressive yeah. when you consider all of the different scheme things that Sean McVay did to mm -hmm. get Jared Goff in position to have his career day. No, this is a good group, coaching staff, players included, that can get ready for a team like that and do that to them on a short week. Imagine what that would have been if that was a Sunday game. Right. If you actually had more time to prepare. But offensively, I think this team is clicking on all cylinders right now. We, we talked about not having reps in the preseason, how that was going to affect you. Let's see how they would be three, four games in. Well, they put up as far as numbers, yards-wise, their best performance of the year. So they are getting better. Yeah, they, they are. And I think it's really interesting, you know, you bring up the, okay, you don't play in the preseason. But at this point, it kind of seems like the only team that's stopping the Rams' offense is the Rams' offense, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. It, like, if it's either a penalty, it's a drop, it's not – it's not defense is just coming out and being like, no, you're not doing that. And mm -hmm. then they have to somehow, like, the Rams are getting everything they want. And that especially happened in last week. No doubt. I mean, 38 points. Uh, that's great. I mean, anytime you score over 30 points in the NFL, that's remarkable. That's notable. But you have to consider this. It was on 55 plays. Mm -hmm. 53 if you count the throwaways, the mm -hmm. two throwaways. That's unheard of. That's incredible when you can score that fast or move the ball that fast against a playoff defense, a Super Bowl contending defense. So, yeah, uh, when you think about what Sean McVay has accomplished so far, what Jared Goff has become so far, and what Todd Gurley is right now in this offensive line, way underrated. We're not talking enough about them for what they're doing for this team. Imagine what they're going to be in the next five weeks if everything stays in line, stays the way we think it can be. Right, and I, everybody keeps bringing this up. So I, I like that we're going to start here with the offensive line mm -hmm. um, because Jared Goff brings it up that they don't get enough credit. You know, Todd Gurley has said it too. What are they doing to perform so well? Everything. Uh, just everything they're asked to do. All these quote-unquote trick plays or everything that we give Goff or McVay credit for, or the receivers down the field a credit for doing. Well, it's the offensive line that makes it possible, either by giving protection, opening up holes, or getting down on screens. Mm -hmm. And this is per down what they're being asked to do. Uh, first, you're being asked to pack it in, get in the phone booth, and out-muscle the opponent. Next, you're asking them to bluff them and run and go catch DBs, right? And then, after that, Let's stand in the pocket or let Jared Goff stand in the pocket for more than five seconds and pick apart the defense. Right. All that is impossible without a credible or a good to great offensive line. And they've been that. They, they have. I, I think when you think about just the fact that you have this continuity mm -hmm. and that's really across With, the all. Without pre-snap penalties. Right. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah without that or a delay or uh, uh, egregious holding calls or anybody jumping off sides a lot. They're being asked to do a lot and they're maximizing. They're doing everything asked plus more. That's I amazing. I don't know that the Ra like I'm trying to think about it. Have the Rams really had a false start? I think Roger had one. Roger Saffold had one. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, but other than that, it's been it's been fewer than five. Yeah, it's three snap penalties in terms of the offense. They've been letter perfect, and we talked about a lot about the new additions, the cornerbacks, and Dominican Sue. 
obviously. The biggest move for me was getting Andrew Whitworth because he has paced that entire line. He has paced this entire football team in terms of preparation, being ready to play, and how to carry yourself as a pro. Well, DeMarco, I mean, that happened last year. But I'm, I, I, I want to go back to that. Just everything right. that you, everything that we talk about making this team better in the offseason, you can point to that one and say that was the biggest move. Well, it yes. made golf better. It made the entire offense better. And I think, again, it's the continuity, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you have basically five of the same guys who were there last year. Austin Blythe, yes, he is a new starter. However, he was still in that offensive line room. He was still somebody that guys were comfortable with whenever he had to come in and sub in, whether it was center or guard, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Austin Blythe was really a part of that room, your sixth man, if you will. No doubt. So that's why I think just up front that continuity mm-hmm. has been so good that you can really take things to the next level when everybody's doing the same things for a second year. No doubt. And, you know, being in the pits in the in the NFL, it's, it's like you're stepping in bear traps, literally bear traps, things. Your ankles get rolled up on, your knees get bumped into. Right. I mean, it's painful. It is. And you see some guys, some of the offensive linemen will roll around on the ground because they're in pain. They got rolled up on. In years past, I think some of them might have stayed down or had the trainer come out to lift them out, just to check themselves out. With this group, it's different. They're hurt, they get up, they make the next snap. Mm-hmm. That's the commitment they made to each other and to the rest of the team. Yeah. That's how you build championship teams. It's interesting just the, uh, the, the way that this team is so connected. Mm-hmm. I, I don't recall, and I mean, I've only been doing this, this is my fifth season doing this, but just a team that seems more connected than this one, mm. you know? I've been around one. I mean, yeah, it happens when you go to the Super Bowl. But that's the the similarities. You know, it's funny, man. I'll I'll tell some of these guys who do ask because they're after their own rings. Like, what is it like to be a champion? I said, look, look around this room. This group will be your teammates for life. Because in the NFL, your teammates are going to change. Your teams are going to change. Your head coaches are going to change. Sometimes your front office. Sometimes your cities are going to change. (laughs) Change happens. But if you do it right, if you catch hold of the magic and not let it go and complete the mission, get the Lombardi, this group will be teammates for life. You'll right. see each other forever. That's, this is where it starts, this is how it starts, and this is what it's about. So if you want this to last forever, you got to finish the thing off. I bring that up because of the Brandon Cooks barbecue. Did you see that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. we had basically all the offensive guys over. Yeah. That stuff is cool to me, you know, because that, that's the kind of thing that yeah. reminds me of, like, when I was in high school, and that's what we would do. You know, we had an off day. We'd get together. We, you know, we watch football. We do whatever. Of course. And like, that's, that's how you build that bomb. No doubt. Linemen don't want press. They don't want their name in the paper. They want food. <laughs> they want to be fed, and they want it brought to them, and they want it. <laughs> Non-stop. That's how you take care of your own life. And it seems yeah. like Brandon Cooks was Absolutely. Yeah, That's exactly. how you do it. Don't give them cars or watches. Give them food Yeah. whenever they need it. If you can't show up, just leave the credit card. <laughs> yeah. That's how you're supposed to take care of it. Yeah. That was funny. That's when Rob Havenstein got his deal. Like the, the joke from Roger Saffold was like, oh, yeah, we're getting Mastro's. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Yes. And, and everything. Twice. Give me two steaks. Two bottles of champagne. Yeah. Garcon, more wine. Absolutely. Yeah. Whenever, when one guy gets paid, we all get paid. Yes. That's the group. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think on that side of the ball. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, it shows the connectedness <coughs> when you've got that kind of thing. And then yeah. even just from pregame intros, yeah. you notice how they all wait until oh, yeah. they're all introduced and then they run out onto the field as a unit when they're at home. I think that's something that just, it shows the bond of that group. They are like the that. wall, man. They are the wall. Yeah. Together, they're impenetrable. Exactly. Yeah. 
And that's why Jared Goff has been sacked as, as few times as he has this year. Right? Hard, he's hardly been hit. Yes, and he yeah. says every post-game press conference, yeah. he says that. You know, he's been sacked, I think, at least one time mm-hmm. in each game. Mm-hmm. A lot of those times, you can almost say that that's on the quarterback because he's either got to get the, rid of the ball quicker mm-hmm. or something just breaks down, he's off schedule, boom, that's why he gets sacked. But he always talks about, you know, I, I came off the field, my jersey was clean. Yeah. And I barely got hit. And that's where that starts. But again, that's why Jared Goff can then go out there and have a game where he throws for 465 yards and five touchdowns. You've got time to throw. You've got room to operate if you're Todd Gurley. There's just so much you can do. Aaron Cromer has done a magnificent job with this group. Yes. And when you think about it, you had to replace a starter in Jamon Brown. You did. Because through suspension, and you you haven't missed a beat. So much, though, that Jamon can't get his job back. Yeah, I was going to say, you've probably gotten better. Yeah. Uh, what did they say? Uh, was it Satchel Page that said, never look back, they might be gaining on you? Uh-huh. It's, it's true. Don't make mistakes. The next guy is gaining on you. And right. that could be per man on this football team. Yes. Yeah. It, it's interesting. You, you look at the way Todd Gurley had such a great year last year, mm-hmm. and everybody's talked about Jared Goff, and we will talk about Jared Goff because he deserves it. But Todd Gurley's numbers mm-hmm. right now are better than they were last year, quietly, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he already has 532 yards from scrimmage, and he already has six touchdowns. Wow. So he's on pace to do better than he did last year. Yeah. And it's interesting to me because it doesn't seem like that's the headline right now. Well, the, th- the thing, when, we, when you do, or we do, we talk about Sean McVay or people outside the building, they come ask you about Sean McVay. They want to know, like, what's the secret to his magic? It, well, you keep saying it's not magic. It's the preparation, right? It's mm-hmm. what they do. Yeah. But the magic to me is making an entire stadium or an entire defense forget about Todd Gurley during the game. <laughs> during the game. Yeah, like, all yeah. of a sudden, he starts carrying the football, and it's like, wow, where'd he come from? No, he was the starter. Yeah. He's always been back there. He's, so He's been there the whole time. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's, it just speaks to – how dangerous this offense can be and how there's nowhere to go defensively. If you focus most of your efforts on stopping that receiving core or getting after Jared Goff, Todd Gurley will hurt you will yeah. hurt you, and hurt you bad. If you load the box and try to stop the Rams from running the football, well, Jared Goff will pick you apart, and Sean McVay will pick you apart. So it, it literally is pick your poison at this point. It is, and you almost don't even notice it, but Todd Gurley is leading the league in touches right now uh-huh. at 94. So, and he's gotten basically 150 yards from scrimmage in three of the four games. I say basically because in that first game, he didn't quite get there. He had 145, 147 mm-hmm. against the Raiders. But then you look at the, the Chargers game. Mm-hmm. I almost called, you know what? Okay, we're going to pause here because I almost called them the Clippers because I saw LAC. It's okay. Yeah, you yeah. Know, it I, happens. Yeah. We're all Goodness still trying gracious. to get used to this. Yeah. Yeah. So you look at the Chargers game that he gets. 156 yards from scrimmage and then last week against Minnesota I'm probably going to butcher this math but I think it also was 156 yards from scrimmage 83 yards rushing and then 73 yards receiving sounds about right yeah these again like I think you're right you make that stadium almost forget about Todd Gurley because of the way Jared Goff is throwing to all of his receivers and then boom Todd Gurley comes in in the fourth quarter when you're trying to run to preserve the lead and to win the ball game and that's how you do it and they're gassed and he's not yeah we said this before even in an evenly matched contest I would bet the defense wears out before he does now Mm -hmm. you spent most of the game wearing them out without using him and then you unleash him on that defense to close out games and there's almost nothing you can do I thought that last Thursday was one of his better performances. 
Uh, it wasn't flashy. It was very efficient. It was very, very disciplined. Run the hole, gouge the defense, and keep them on their heels. The, the offense is moving, chunk, chunk, chunk. You don't have to dance around or try to make everything a home run. Just run the hole because they're going to be there. Keep setting up second and twos. Pick, keep picking up first downs. Keep making it easier for Jared Goff and the offense to pick up first downs or to take shots down the field. Mm-hmm. Without, th- without that running back pacing the offense, you don't have the opportunity to get Cooper Cup in one-on-one matchups with those linebackers yeah. if you don't have Todd Gurley pacing the offense. I thought it was a fantastic game. Well, it's because teams have got to try to stop Todd Gurley first yeah. by loading up the box. And so, again, like you said, it's pick your poison. So if you're trying to do that and you say, we're going to load up the stop Todd Gurley, it's like, all right. Yeah. You know, people have said, people have basically said in this first quarter of the season, we're going to make Jared Goff beat us. Okay. And he's done it. Uh, time and time again. Yes. Maybe not for touchdowns, but on first down throws, all his throws are pretty much accurate because he has time. I think what you're doing if you're Jared Goff is honoring the guys out there with you. If you have that much protection and those receivers are – getting open for you at, at that rate, that clip, then you have to be accurate with the football. Right. That's your job to get the ball there. It's like a place yes. kicker. You have one job. Kick it through the uprights. <laughs> you have, if you have yeah. that much time, you have one job. Put it to a spot where only he can get it, and he's been doing it. It's interesting. On first down, you look at Jared Goff's numbers, and they really are some of the mm-hmm. best in the league. He's got a 152.1 passer rating, which is out of that 158.3. Mm-hmm. Why that is exactly the perfect, I don't know. But that's what he had last week um, when he in that uh, game against the Vikings. Don't go banging your head against convention, no. Don't go what? looking into it. I hate when people do that. Why is 158.3 perfect? Because it is. It's the formula. The earth is round. Honestly, It I, is. <laughs> Just leave it there. Good I looked, Lord. I looked up the formula, and the formula was so complicated, I was like, I don't, I don't need right. to do this. <laughs> they, they said that's perfect. Go with that. It is. Okay. But you, and in order to get a perfect rating, I, I looked this up too, you have to have at least 75% uh, completion rate mm-hmm. and like over 300 yards and, and no picks blank touchdowns and no picks. Yes. Yeah. So there's that. But looking at Goff's first down numbers, they really kind of jump off mm-hmm. the screen here. So he's completed 82% of his passes for 668 yards, six touchdowns, 30 first downs mm-hmm. on first down. So he's averaging 11.9 yards per attempt when he throws the ball on first down. Wow. That's huge. That's telling me that's all 11 on the same page, knowing exactly what and why they're about to do mm-hmm. what they're about to do. I mean, that's just not Jared Goff's numbers. That's everybody's numbers. Oh, yeah. That's hard to find. Some teams, they're slow starters. They finish great, but they start slow or vice versa. This team starts fast, finishes fast, and no matter what the game, they can morph into it. If it's a a rough-and-tumble, nine-on-seven type game where Todd Gurley is going to have to take 35 touches. I think they can do that. Oh, yeah. If Jared Goff yeah. has to put it up 50 times to win a game, I think they can do that and be successful and also protect the ball. So um, I, I, this offense has yet to be challenged. Now, going up to Seattle will be a huge challenge. It's going to be loud, they're going to be fast, and they're going to be prepared for you. Right. There's four weeks of film out on you. Mm-hmm. So I would expect the Seahawks to at least take some of that stuff away. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's true too because it's not just like the Rams were running the same stuff that yeah. they ran last year. That They're not. But right. now there is four games of tape. Right. So, excuse me, especially with a division rival, you have a better idea yeah. of what's coming. There's going to be some, I call it Belichicking. Uh, Belichick, his, his main weapon against another team is see what you do best and take that away only. I'm just going to take that away and see if you can beat me another way. Okay, what would you say that the Rams do best? 
Well, that's a great question. Um, well, Minnesota last year took away the screen game. Okay. You could see that was their stated goal. We're just not going to let Todd Gurley out on screens, and they were all perfect. Let me see if they can win without screens. Well, they wound up winning that football game. So I can only imagine maybe the Seahawks say, hey, look, if we take, take away Todd Gurley and we'll give Jared Goff some looks he hasn't seen, maybe we'll go back to the old adage. We'll make Jared Goff beat us with his arm. Yeah. Um, I think the fastest way to lose versus the Rams is to let Todd get going. Yes. So I'm, I'm assuming a defensive-minded head coach is going to say, no running today. Let the quarterback throw it, and let's see if we can win that. Yeah. Yeah. But, and that's, but that's the strategy. And yeah. Like I'm saying, like, if you have all those guys in the box, think about Cooper Cup's 70-yard touchdown, right? Mm-hmm. You play action to Todd Gurley, you lose Cooper Cup going across the line of scrimmage to the right. All of a sudden, he's down the field lined up with Anthony Barr, and yeah, yeah. Uh, bada-boom, bada-boom, you got right. a 70-yard touchdown. Touchdown. Well, I mean, Woody Hayes said, look, uh, when you throw the ball, three things can happen, and two of them are bad. Yes, it's so, true. I mean, I mean that's, <laughs> I love that. that's the what I would try to do against okay. a team like this. Hey, look, at least if the ball's in the air. We got a 66% chance of something bad happening. We got an opportunity. Them. Maybe yeah. it bounces off. Maybe he drops it, what have you. We got a chance for a turnover right. or something. Right. But if we let this monster, Todd Gurley, get going, this will be the shortest game in history. Exactly. Yeah. Because all they're going to do is run the ball and bludgeon you to death Why not? throughout four quarters. Because he ain't going to get tired. No. And even if he does, Malcolm Brown is going to come in, and he's going to do the same exact thing. Right. That's, what Mal- that's the beauty of this offense right now to me. When Malcolm Brown has come in, he has been just as good as Todd Gurley in terms of running the ball. Now, he's getting those yards probably because defenses are underestimating him. Yeah, yeah. But that's still huge when you can get Todd Gurley a blow and you got this backup running back that's still coming in and getting seven, eight, nine, ten yards on the ground. That's huge. Oh, no doubt. Running the football, we've always loved his ability because he's no nonsense. Yeah. Foot in the ground, head downhill, run for contact, right? Yep. Uh, but his pass protection to me has really been exemplary. Yes. And it's forced other people to be like him in pass protection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not only is he getting the right guy, he is knocking the blank out of him. Yeah. Or at least trying. So when Todd's in the game, he has to do the same thing. Carrying the football or out of the backfield, look, Todd's probably the best guy in the league now that Le'Veon Bell is sitting on the shelf. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's the most dynamic weapon, the yes. most complete package out of the backfield. Yes. But when you have a guy like Malcolm that – I wouldn't say is pushing, but just refuses to let it drop when he's in the game. Yeah. That only makes Todd get that much better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like that you said that about Malcolm Brown with the pass protection because there was like a clip going around either last week, a couple of weeks ago, where Brown really depleted somebody. Yeah. The like, first thing that hit, just, the, hit the turf was a guy's head. Yeah. Yeah. That's a shot. Yeah. That's a big, big hit. Yeah. And that's what you want from that guy in that pass protection. That, again, it goes back to why can Jared throw for as many yards as he is? Well, it's that. And when the blitz is coming, the, he doesn't blink. Some guys like, well, I don't even want to mention names because they're still playing. But okay. after certain quarterbacks get tagged a few times, when they smell pressure, they're out of there. Or they start oh, to move. the quarterback. The quarterback. No, when they start, when they get hit a few times, they lose trust in the guys up front. Like the quarterback the Rams saw two weeks ago. And when they see pressure, they'll just bail. They'll bail on the play or, or the move. quarterback that the Rams saw in week And one. it disrupts the timing. Jared Goff will stand in the middle, stand down the barrel of that rush, and just know I'm going to be protected. Yeah. yeah. It, it happens when you develop that chemistry and mm-hmm. develop that trust. Um, at some point, did you feel bad for Anthony Barr? Not at all. <laughs> no. Hey, man, you're a defender. <laughs> you're a defender. It happens. Yeah, they're picking on you. It happens. Everybody gets picked on at some point. But look, it's not your fault that you're out there versus a slot receiver. No. That should have been handled in the meeting room. If you thought, if you went into that game thinking Anthony Barr could keep up with Cooper Cup from there or Robert Woods from there, 
then you lost before the game even started. I mean, seriously, I, I'm with you. Yeah, seriously. What? If you really thought that guy was good enough to be able to play the run and cover Cooper Cup or Robert Woods from that position, I don't know what to tell you. Right. No, that's hard. It is. Yeah. It is, especially. Well, it I think just shows the scheme, the schematic, maybe genius of Sean McVay, mm-hmm. because like on that Cooper Cup touchdown, that's the look that you're trying to get. That's the look you mm-hmm. want. You've got Harrison Smith who comes up the field, mm-hmm. and he's just really so focused on Todd Gurley that that allows Cooper Cup to just run right on up the seam on the opposite side of the field, and then, you know, Jared delivers yeah. a perfect ball, and then it's a touchdown. What do they call that yeah, it, it, with companies where people walk around and they look for safety violations? Is that quality control? Yes. I know there's a position on a football coaching staff. Yes, that is called quality control. But Sean McVay is like quality control for defense. He's uh, going to look and say, okay, you think that guy can cover it? Okay, let's find out. Yeah. Let's test. Yes. I, I see what you're trying to do, and this is, oh, you think that guy can do that? Let's find out for sure. Right. I bet he can't. Bam. Yeah, yeah. That's that to me is a guy that's standing on the sideline, not just looking down at cards and calling plays or mm-hmm. signaling to his quarterback. He's out there with his guys. Yes, he's playing the same game that Jared Goff is playing. Right. He's looking at the defense and saying, "I don't think you can make it from here to there before my before the ball gets there." The, of those three touchdowns that the Rams got on Anthony Barr, I think my favorite was the one where they went from an I formation in 13 personnel, mm-hmm. and they spread it out and spread the field, kept Robert Woods in the slot, had Todd Gurley on the outside, cornerback oh, yeah. covers Todd Gurley, then you get Robert Woods on Anthony Barr, boom. That's, I, that's an easy read and easy touchdown. It smelled like a gas station bathroom. I could smell it out there from Minnesota's defense when they broke that formation. They didn't know what to do. They'd never <laughs> seen it. They didn't know what to do. It was like, oh, gosh. Where's the play coming from? Right. Because it's about to be a big one. I mean, yeah. when you have that much indecision or when you have three or four guys turn around pre-snap, like who's got what, where, who? Yeah. And with an offense that's clicking like this, yeah, it's going to be a big play. Well, the thing is, I mean, the Rams are almost exclusively in 11 personnel. So 11 mm-hmm. personnel, for those who are listening to this and don't know, that's one tight end, one running back. I should have done it the right way. That's okay. One running back, one tight end, three wide receivers. Right. So that's 11. So in 13, you've got one running back, three tight ends, one wide receiver. Mm-hmm. The Rams almost never, ever, ever do that. I can recall one other play where they did it, and that was in Oakland. <coughs> they tried to get Todd Gurley on sort of wheel route to the left side. It was covered. Jared mm-hmm. Goff threw it away. So when you see that and you've got Tamara Kimingway, you Tamara Kimingway, oh, my goodness. He's not on this team anymore. Keep going. But you got, yeah. <laughs> you've got Tyler Higby. Yes. T-H, same initials. Gotcha. I guess I got messed Who's up Who's the there. next guy? Gerald Everett uh-huh. and Johnny Munch. There you go. On the field at the same okay. time. It is. It'll alert the defense into something. And so I asked Sean McVay about this, and what he was saying is that when you have 13 personnel, there's only so many different personnel groupings from the opposite side on, on defense that you're going to call against that. So the Rams got the Vikings in their base defense. They had the 4-3 out there. Usually they're in their nickel coverage because mm-hmm. obviously the Rams are in 11, so you have three wide receivers all the time. So when you've got that, it really does force them to make this choice. Okay, where are our corners going? Where are right. our linebackers going once you spread it out like that? Who's covering who? Exactly. If I see 13 with this football team, the first thing I'm going to think is, how do you cover Everett? And I bet that's what they were thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because if you put, if you're in regular versus 13, it's going to be all linebackers. Exactly. So one of those guys is going to be a mismatch for Gerald Everett. So they're probably thinking, okay, that's a mismatch. Let him catch it. We'll tackle him. Well, I think Sean McVay has different options yes. or different ideas yes. when I break this because 
the weakness may not be where you think it is. Mm -hmm. It may be on this guy. And you didn't know until after the play. Well, you know what? We can't run that defense against that look. Thank you, Sean McVay. Right. Yeah, we got scored on here, but it'll never happen again for the rest, <laughs> of, the rest of the year. Thank yeah. you so much. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I like that play because, and I like the design. And McVay said that that play was actually in against the Chargers mm -hmm. from the previous week. They kept it in. He said that they liked that high red zone area. That He called it the high red zone strike or mm -hmm. high strike area. So it means you still like, have a fade. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. you're like 30 yards out, mm -hmm. basically, and that's where they like that play. And it just came up in the game situation. Boom. You hit Robert Woods, and he goes celebrates with YG. Which was really cool. That was fun. Yeah. That little end zone sweep level, yeah. that has a chance to be really, 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 like, crazy. Yeah. yeah. Well, if the Ramsky scored touchdowns like this, yeah. That little area in there. All they need is a disco ball. <laughs> that's all that's missing from that little area over there. Do people yeah. still use disco balls well, for like yeah. club stuff? When you hang a disco ball, have you ever seen a disco ball and didn't smile? Probably not. There no. you go. Okay. Actually, yes. Hang one, it's time to get going. I, I yeah. mean, like that's like on a jet ski, you know? You never see anybody upset on a jet ski. Never, right? except when it runs out of gas and you're way far away from the shore. Has that ever happened to a, you? a couple of times. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They I've told me too. I've never ridden a jet ski. Yeah, the, the, the thing, they, it's, it runs on time. Uh -huh. They give you time, like only 15 minutes. Well, I can get 16, 17. Nope. No, you can't. 14 and a half, it went dead. Wow. And now I'm stuck in the middle of Clear Lake by myself. Yeah, huh. it was fun. Well. Long swim. Okay. Yeah. That doesn't sound very fun. It's, it's, it sucked. Going. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. That sounds It really accurate. sucked. Yeah. All right. Well, you know who doesn't suck is who? Jared Goff. No. Good okay. player. So let's, we finally really, I think, should talk about the, not yeah. only the offensive player of the week, but the offensive player of the month for September. How Good. about that from Jared Goff? Good for him. You know, uh, look, it, we, we love to make these lists about the elites and the elite quarterbacks. Well, okay, look at everyone's first four games and look at his first four games. Who's the best quarterback playing right now? Of the, oh, you mean uh, you meant this of, year? Of this year, this year, the best quarterback right now is either him or Patrick Mahomes. It's those you, two you guys. Have, yeah, yeah, have, yeah. There's an argument for either. So at some point, those elites will cycle out, and then we're trying to figure out who the next face of the NFL could be. Mm -hmm. um, I think a year ago, definitely two years ago, saying Jared Goff was potentially the face of the NFL might have got you laughed out of the room. Probably now, now, not out of the realm of possibility. Not at all. Yeah, you keep playing like this, and this team keeps winning like this in Los Angeles, it's going to happen. Yeah. It, it's, it's probably going to happen. Yes, yeah. it is. What, what did you think was his most impressive throw? Uh, the one to Cup. Yeah. yeah I mean, the there were so many. The, 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 the one he threw to Cooks was a great throw because he's open, but he threw him open a little bit more, mm -hmm. and he never broke stride. Wow. You can teach off that. Mm -hmm. But the one he threw to Cup, I mean, I was standing within 10 yards of Sean McVay's dad. Yeah. Yeah. So he raised the head coach. He knows this. Yeah. He saw the same throw from the same angle, and we both looked at each other and went, how? Yeah. How? Wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It's yeah. not about play call. That's about arm talent. Oh, well, this. Yeah. That was amazing. Rolling right, throwing that to that one spot. You only had, what, a foot? A little box. A, a little box. A little, to, a little foot yeah, box. To maybe, drop that to in. To drop that in there. Yeah. Wow. I mean, dude, that's the stuff that. Not only does it break your back on game day, everyone else that sees that on tape is going to be like, wow. Yeah. Yeah, we have to get to this guy soon. If not, he's going to beat us. Mm -hmm. Not just make plays, he's going to beat us. That is a throw where you beat other people. Yes. Sean McVay said that he thought Jared Goff was throwing that away initially. Yeah. And, like, I remember, you know, sitting in the press box, and you start seeing him roll to his right, 
and then you start seeing him load up to throw, and it's like, no way. Yeah, yeah. No way, no way, no bleeping way. Like, he made that Boom. throw. You know what, what else was impressive to me was you've seen that happen a lot to where a quarterback will throw or take a shot, and it might be offline. But sometimes the receiver will think just like Sean McVay thought. He's throwing this away mm -hmm. and slow up. Yes. Cooper Cup keeps running right through the route. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's throwing sped it. Up. He's throwing it to me. Yep. And only I know this. The entire crowd and my head coach doesn't know. Yeah. But I know. Those two are on a different page. Yeah. They're on a different level right it's now. It's chemistry. Yeah, it is. It's it chemistry. Is. It's timing. When you see all five touchdowns get dropped in uh, just mm -hmm. dimes and they can hit every wide receiver and running back in this particular case in stride. Yeah, yeah. They don't have to break one no. single stride. It's that's elite quarterback. No doubt. It is. I just want to see Robert Woods, you know, have more plays where he catches it and actually finishes the play in the end zone on his feet. Why? Instead of every catch, he takes a big hit. <laughs> yeah. I, that's his job and that's where he catches it. I get it. That's why he's here. But just because of the other guys, just every now and then, let Rob go in standing up. Yeah. Yeah. Cooper Cup seems to do it a bunch. Uh, he does it a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's that's everyone's <laughs> role. And I bet it's going to switch during the during the year. Well, Robert Woods, his 31-yard touchdown, he got to go in standing up on that one. I want to see more of that. There was yeah. somebody hanging off behind him, and he, like, extended the football. I like that. Yeah, I want to see him go in clean. Yeah, you know? Actually, like, give me a, like a, a more of a touchdown celebration without having to dust yourself off first. You know what? He seems to get hit a lot, uh -huh. and he like gets walloped sometimes. Mm -hmm. But he always catches that football, man, and he always pops right back up. You know what? No matter what the defense, and I'll tell you this from our side, the defensive side of the football, we're always looking for shots. But there's nothing worse than tattooing a guy and he catches it, and it, he it, just and he gets right back up because we're we're celebrating a good hit, and he gets up and celebrates a first down. Ugh. It's like, uh, okay, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> yeah, it makes yeah. your celebration look stupid. It does. Yeah, it, it kind of really it put it puts cold water on everything. Yeah. Yeah, it was interesting. Uh, this is the first time that the Rams in franchise history have had three wide receivers go over 100 yards in the same game. Wow. Yeah, isn't that cool? Yeah, very cool. Um, no shock. No. No, because it will probably happen again. I would guess that it would. Yeah. At some point this season. Because that's maybe twice. Three receivers over 100 versus Minnesota. Not every defense is going to be as loaded as Minnesota. Okay, but it, all right. I'm I'm just going to bring up the question: Is Minnesota really that loaded this yes. year? Yes. Well, look, they were down their one pass rusher. That did make a big difference. It, I I agree. But everybody in the league, for the most part, will take those safeties. Oh, Most teams heck, will take yeah. those linebackers. Most teams will take anybody off that front seven and plug them right in. Yeah. Move their own starters out. That is a loaded defense. But then what's, I mean, I don't want to say what's wrong. Like, I think the, Ram, the Rams went out and they beat them, mm -hmm. right? Like, that to me says a lot about the Rams offense um, and not necessarily as much about the Vikings defense. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. the Vikings defense, we still expect it to be quite good. Even when they played Buffalo the previous week yeah. and they let up some points, a lot of that was happening because Kirk Cousins kept fumbling. Yeah. And then Buffalo had the ball in scoring position, basically in the red zone. And right. Allen played his, played he his played butt his off. off. He did. Yeah, he played he did. his butt off. Yeah. And then he came back down to earth against Green Bay. I don't know week. who Minnesota has next. Do you? Uh, I can look it up real quick. Please do. Because I, I would second. just, I would guess. Without knowing the opponent, I bet that defense plays lights out ball. They actually are playing the Eagles this week. Oh, this will be fun. In Philadelphia. This will be fun. I kind of wish I could watch the game. Um, I, <laughs> I, I might have to watch it later. I would guarantee you this. They'll have fewer mistakes versus that team than they did versus the Rams. 
I bet that I bet that defense can't wait to get on the field after what the Rams did to them. Yeah, but I bet the Eagles can't get wait wait to get back on the field after the way they lost to Tennessee. True. I mean, it's that it, should be that should be a great it'll be a game. great matchup. But yeah. that defense will show you what they're all about after that sort of butt kicking. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That that's fair. I think that's fair. Um, let's turn it to the Rams defense too because yeah. we've gone on probably a little over a half hour and we haven't mentioned a defensive thing at all. Okay. Um, let's do this without mentioning Sue and Donald. Ah, that's yeah. what I was going to say Can, first. Go ahead. Well, I'll, I'll wait, start. Wait, Marcus wait. Peters is on my all-gutsy list. Okay, yeah, the, let's start there. Man, what a gutsy performance. Yeah. What a gutsy performance. Look, you can tell he's not 100%. Mm-hmm. I don't know what percentage he is, but he's not 100%. And he still went out there and played his butt off. Yeah. Not only that, played like a leader. Hmm. Kept guys motivated. I mean, and Minnesota and Kirk Cousins, they were throwing the ball around the yard. Adam Thielen is a problem. Yes. Stephon Diggs is an issue. Yes. Uh, Treadwell had, I thought, one of his better games. But that, those defensive backs, led by him, I thought, played a great football game. I, I think that's a good sign just for Marcus Peters kind of growing up into that. Mm-hmm. I think everybody expected that Aqib Tlaib would be that kind of guy, that defensive leader. And, and mm-hmm. he was for yeah. the time that he didn't until he got hurt. But I think that says a lot about Marcus Peters, the fact that yeah. he wanted uh, to be out there so badly for his teammates yeah, yeah. and that he wanted to lead. You know what I mean? No doubt. I want to use a Black Panther reference, but I can't. Why? Uh, King T'Chaka says, if I haven't prepared you for my death, then I failed as a father. So if Aqib hmm. Tlaib hasn't prepared Marcus Peters for Tlaib not being out there, then he failed. And to me, he succeeded. Because when Tlaib went down, Marcus Peters stood up and became the leader. Yes. Yeah, and and really kept guys together. Yeah. Yeah, that, I thought that was awesome. What do you what when you say he kept guys together? What do you mean? What did you see? Uh, you're down on the field, and I'm not. Well, I mean everybody saw. It. There was a play. It was early in the game where Kirk Cousins was just getting started, and he threw one towards the sideline, and uh, John Johnson had a shot at it, and almost could have picked it or at least knocked it down, and he missed it, and it was a catch for a first down. Well, Peters is there, but he immediately pointed to him and said, "Good play." You almost had it. Don't get down in yourself. Yeah. There'll be other plays to make. I thought that was cool. Hmm. Don't not even for a second. Don't let doubt creep in. We'll be fine. Right. They're going to make plays, but so are we. That's a leader. Yeah. That's how you. That's how you lead people on defense. That's. I think that says a lot about Marcus Peters and his team. There's. I mean, we've talked about Marcus Peters before, and I think we know that Marcus Peters has a certain reputation, mm-hmm. right? These are the kinds of things that make it seem like Marcus Peters feels comfortable here mm-hmm. and that this team is allowing him to be himself and to grow up. At, I, don't wanna, I don't even want to say grow up, right? Like, cause that's that's not, fair. That's, He's young. Yeah. I mean, yes, but it's not necessarily what I mean. I, I think it's more grow into – Fair enough. A, a leader rather than grow up. It's not like he's had these immaturity things that have been off the field. And he pointed this out when he first yeah. got here. You know, he's never had off the field issues. Everything that's happened has been between the white lines, mm-hmm. basically, for him. Mm-hmm. And so when I hear that and you see it and you see him perform and you know that he had a pretty significant calf injury that kept him out of the last game for the second half and he still comes in and he's gutting it out. Mm-hmm. That, it just says, it speaks volumes about him and his character. Some guys that are considered toothaches are are guys that are just perfectionists, and this is what people miss. When they go nuts or pop off or do something that's considered untoward, most of the time they can just see through the BS, and they they don't like it, and they don't have a filter. Now, there are people that are just toothaches for the sake of being toothaches. Mm -hmm. That's who they are. But for the most part, with guys like him, it's just passion. That's what I see. Yeah. That's now, exactly what I see. Now, ask him what's making him mad. 
and then go fix it. And right. I guarantee you things will be okay from that, or at least tell him we're trying to fix it. But if he can see it and the whole world can see it and it's not being fixed, then of course he's going to let you know. Yes. Yeah. And that's who he is. Um, but I think the way he goes out and he plays passion is. Oh yeah, my God. It's, it the... means a lot to him. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It means a lot to him. This, this game. It means a ton to him. Yeah, big time. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I, and I, I have a ton of respect for that. Have you seen the little clips that have been on social media of him screaming Cooper Cup? No. It's awesome. I heard about it. Yeah. It, it just screaming Cooper Cup. Show. Please show me. Yeah. Okay. Because it's like it, every time like Cooper Cup makes a big catch, you're like, fuck, there's a Cooper Cup. Wow. Cooper Cup. Wow. The guy's got respect, man. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's got respect. It's funny. At some point, man, uh, what was the play where he stepped out of a tackle and ran it in? Oh, uh, a couple weeks ago. If, if, if yeah. any time you wanted to spike the football, that would have been it. And oh, still yeah. nothing. Yeah. Yeah. He's more happy for other people. He is. Dude, you just made the biggest play of the game. Celebrate. Yeah. Have some fun. <laughs> throw it in the air. We'll give you a pass for one. Nope. Mr. Mr. Humble. It's not him, man. Nope. Like, it's just, that's just who yeah. Cooper Cup is. Quiet assassin. Love yes. it. Yeah. Yes. And I just that wide receivers group, it to me, is so unique because there's not one mm. diva among them. No. Like, they, they want everybody to do well. And they yeah. understand that, like, this game, it might not be me, but the, you know what? We're going to yeah. celebrate everybody. And then last game, it was everybody. True. You know what? I, it's just, I don't know. That, there that's was, rare and that's special to there me. There was a short era in the NFL of before we talked about number one receivers, like when guys had to be number one. Uh -huh. There was posses and groups of receivers that right. were dangerous in right. the National Football League. It wasn't just one guy you worried about. It was the entire group. This seems like a throwback to that era, yeah. where it's a group that's that's hurting you, not just one guy and a bunch of co-stars. Well, you know what's funny, too? You know, everybody talked about the season. Oh, well, why would they do that with, uh, you know, Brandon Cooks? Why would they give him – he's not even going to get 1,000 yards receiving in that offense. Have you it's seen that guy since? Uh-huh. Okay. No, have you seen the guy who said that? Oh, yeah. I, I think people – I mean, it's just tweeters. It's I didn't use my normal, like, oh, rah, 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 rah okay. voice, but, like, those are the people who are saying Okay. It. Brandon Cooks right now has 26 receptions for 452 I yards. never forget a face. I'll, I'll never call you on it, but I remember <laughs> everything you say. Yeah, so I see those people a lot. Yeah. We never bring it up. Oh, I'm just waiting you for you know. to say something. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, right now you've got three wide receivers who are on pace for over 1,000 yards receiving. Wow. Yeah. That would be amazing. It would be. Yeah, All right. Yeah. We're supposed to be talking about the defense, and there was another cornerback who was kind of making his – not kind of. He was making his first start since 2016. Mm -hmm. That's Sam Shields. What did you think of his performance? You know, I thought he had a chance for two big plays. Uh, he was in position for one pick uh, when the Rams were – they were backed up. And the pass was actually not was knocked down. Oh yes! But if you look at Sam Shields, he'd undercut the route. Right. He, he was right he read there. It, he was right there, and if he gets his hands on it, if he does catch it, yeah, that's going back for six. McVay mentioned that at yeah. some point too. Yeah. There's no one there. Right. And I thought the other one where he did get his hands on it, it just bounced right to I believe it was Treadwell. Uh, no, that was Diggs. Diggs, one of yeah. those guys, and caught yeah. it. But I mean, yeah. he's in position to make plays. But you know, Minnesota's offense, their receivers, they're good. They made plays. They're great. But so did the Rams defensive backs, especially Sam Shields, and not just against them, against the run, too. Right. Yeah, that's the big thing that really, really I was worried about. If you're going to lose to and Peters, it wasn't pass coverage. Okay. I think Wade Phillips can handle that. It was run, run protection or uh, run stoppage. Those guys coming up, those big corners coming up and setting edges against running backs was very, very important. I thought Sam Shields has played a really good game against the run since he's 
gone into the game and now is the starter. They're going to definitely need him to do that as things continue. Uh, oh, especially a, this week. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Run uh, coverage, run protection, run stoppage. Run prevention. Run yeah. prevention. We just need Stopping to the with, run. Yeah, stopping yeah. the run is going to be paramount yeah. against the Seattle Seahawks. A uh, couple transaction notes, a couple injury notes. Let's start with Dom Easley, who oh, unfortunately man. had to go on IR, mm-hmm. another knee surgery. Um, and I think McVeigh said Don't it go best. away, man. No, really. I, I, look, wherever you are, if you're listening to this, if you're recuperating, what have you, as soon as you can't get back down to the sideline, you're, you're a part of this. Yeah. Everybody knows it. Yes. Yeah, he's, he's part of the heart and soul of this football team. And I think McVeigh really conveyed that mm-hmm. this week. You know, he's talking about this. When you see what Dominique Easley went through just to be able to get back and to play in general, that yeah. was really, really tough. He worked his butt off all through camp and before that just to get ready to play, and he made it back and became a starter. Yes. That's awesome. At a different position. Yeah, and played well, too. Yes, yeah, he did. really well. And so he, that's something you hate to see that. You, yeah. just, you really do. That's what I mean. Just don't – I hope he doesn't disappear. Yeah. I hope he stays around this group because you helped begin this or helped start this. Yeah. Wherever it finishes, it's because of your contribution. Exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, and then also, Cairo Santos is now going to be the Rams kicker at least for this week. We'll see mm-hmm. um, if something changes for next week with Greg Zerline, but Sam Ficken is out. And it, it, it didn't quite surprise me that they made that change because when we talked to McVay on the conference call um, on Friday <coughs> after that game, he, you could tell he was disappointed in the kicking. Yeah. You know, when you miss a 28-yard field goal, that could have put the Rams up 40 by 41 to 31 or, or by 13 mm-hmm. it would have been at that point. Um, that really, I think, irked the head coach, especially after you'd gone on a pretty time-killing drive. Right. You know, and you, you think when you are going to be in position for a 28-yard field goal, you've got points. Well, yeah. You have to have the points there. Well, it's, it irks, I don't know, but, I mean, it, you can lose confidence in that, that position. Because when you're calling plays, you think everyone's going to be either a big play or a touchdown, right? So if you have to go to field goal, you're expecting it to be good because you're moving on to the next drive. Yeah. Okay, we get this, we're up by 13, and then when I come back, I can call this and this. And that way, I just missed. Okay, now I have to go back and do it all over uh-huh. again. Okay, so if I, if I get in that same situation, can I put you back out there? It's right. just it, it creates the indecision and the doubt. So it's not necessarily the guy you're upset with. It's just I can't trust my place kicking. My, my I can't trust my kicking team to finish off a drive, which changes everything from my play calling. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that, I think that's fair. And yeah. It's, it's weird, man. We've seen so many missed kicks around the league. There's something year. in the water, man. It's, it's, it's the place kickers this year that are suffering. The place kickers are this suffering. year are yeah. suffering, and, but the points are just up dramatically. Yeah. We're on pace for a record score and you're in points in the NFL. I don't have an, ex- I don't have an answer for why place kicking has been a struggle for the entire league. Yeah. It, we, they haven't moved it. I don't think kickoffs are affecting them in place kicking. I don't think so. Yeah, I thought they made it safer for them. I don't know why, but it seems like every place kicker, for the most part, is struggling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. We'll we'll see what Cairo Santos can do. He's had a pretty good career, all things considered, until he's sort of run into some groin issues over the last couple of years that happened. I'm um, in Kansas City. He went on injured reserve. They waived injured him. He went to Chicago mm-hmm. and played a couple games before. They also had to put him on injured reserve with that groin injury. Was still kind of going through things um, with that groin with the Jets in the preseason. Mm-hmm. So 
he says he's feeling good right now. Good. Um, and he tried out for the Browns recently too, and they ended up going with a different guy after the Browns mm-hmm. kicker missed everything in the world wow. in New Orleans. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we'll see how long a Caro Santos is here. But what he said is, you know, I want to come in and I want to fill in for Greg and make sure that when we have chances to get points, we get them. So uh, points, yes, I think the team can score. Uh, kickoffs, just as long as you're booting that thing out of the end zone. Yep. Sam Ficken did a great job on Thursday, at least keeping Minnesota's kick return team out of the game. Yes. So at agreed. least keep that part up. Yes, yes, for sure. Um, you said we weren't going to talk about them, but I do want to talk about Sue and, and Donald, okay. just for a second at least. Sure. Go ahead. What? What, what are you? What nothing. Are you, why? Why aren't you going to say anything? You saw it. <laughs> <laughs> Is that it? I mean, it's like if they sent us, like in in back in the day, sent us to to cover like Godzilla, like we're looking at a wrecked city. <laughs> you know what are we going to? You saw it, yeah. Godzilla just walked through here. Yes, you, Godzilla. You saw it. I mean, they they they're tremendous, and they've been that way all season long. Um, they're just now starting to get the numbers. Right. Yeah. Well, uh, because as Sue said, you know, we're get they were in situations where they had to pass, uh-huh. and they had to hold on to the ball a little bit longer mm-hmm. so that they could get the ball down the field. And when that happens, well, Sue's going to get there. Donald is going to get there. Right. So everybody is like, these guys, well, they're not. They're not making. They're not earning their money. Oh, you read man, that? Man, 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 man. Yeah. Why would no, you? People are tweeting. People why would you even click on that? Why? Game. Why would you even click on that? I don't click. I have Tweet Deck. It just comes up, man. Uh, to ignore it or whatever. I usually yeah. mute, like because I can't. Whoever says that clearly has never played. I'm sorry, and I hate to pull that card. You've ne- you've never pulled that card in three I, years of doing this podcast. I, and I'm not upset, but whoever can put that out there about those two guys, clearly you've never played a down in your life. Ever, ever in your life to say that you're not getting return on investment from those two guys. Are you nuts? Are you crazy? Really? What game and what film have you been watching? I'm, I'm sorry. I just have to know this. Show me. Because it must be different from the film I'm watching. You never go on rants like this. I'm loving this. Just saying. That's usually my role on this show. I love it. I, you know, you could have predicted this when he signed the contract that eventually some nutcase was going to write, oh, they're not getting return on investment um, on Aaron Donald right. because he's not racking up 10 sacks per game. Okay, well, clearly you don't know football. <laughs> That's not how the game works. That's not how it works. Especially not from that position where still Aaron Donald is going to get his, and we've seen it. Yeah. Uh, we talked about it last week. I think I went through the weeks. Look, Aaron Donald starts getting those sacks, usually week three, week four, it turns up. And now we're going to Seattle, and he's going to face Russell Wilson, who he has sacked seven times in his mm-hmm. career, which is significantly more than anybody else. And he's going to get sacks this week, guys. I'm like, I, either he's going to do it, or Sue's yeah. going to do it, or Abercom's going to do it, or Longacre's going to do it, or Brockers is going to do it, or Franklin Myers is going to Somebody's going to get some sacks this week. The funniest thing that I saw, right, and this is, you had to be there. Okay, so right. Aaron Donald's out there on the right side playing the right defensive tackle. And Dominican Sue is on the left side, either on the nose or just to the inside shade of the guard. Well, Aaron Donald decides to take a left. I'm going inside. Sue says, I'm going right. And they collide. And they collide and knock each other down. And they stood up and looked at each other like... (laughs) It was just that little standoff. Like, I go where I want to go, when I want to go. 
But they were saying the same things. And they were like, okay, I got it now. Yeah. If you're going there, I'll go here. And then, like, two plays later, they both get sacked. It was amazing. But just for that moment in time, <laughs> it was like, wow, who's going to back up? But, look, don't take my word for it. Whatever. Go talk to the guards in Minnesota. Go talk to the guards in Arizona. Go talk to the guys in Oakland about how good these two are. Yeah. And what they've been doing. Yeah. Really, forget the numbers. Use your eyes. Right. Yeah. No, I agree with you. The thing I think is maybe the most fun about those guys is you get Sue on the left end and you get Donald oh. playing right tackle, yeah, right yeah. defensive tackle. And we talked to Sue about this a little bit this week. He looks like Reggie when he's out there. Really? Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen Reggie White play. I'm, well, I wasn't really uh, alive and football conscious Oh, Reggie White's career. That was one of the coolest things for but, me, yeah. for my career when I played. I actually got to see Reggie White play live. Yeah. Um, and when I see Indomit and Sue line up at left end, yeah. He looks like Reggie White. Wow. It's the same stuff wow. because it's it's speed and power off the edge. Right. Yeah, and it's like the offense pick your poison. Depending on how you set is what you're going to get from him. Mm-hmm. If you set too far back, he's just going to run you right into the quarterback. Yes. If you try to attack him, he's quick enough to, to get your hands down and get around you like you saw. So yes. I love when I see that, and I love when he does it. He doesn't waste it. He waits for the key opportunities, and he goes after it. Yeah, he's yeah. gotten his two sacks from that left-end position mm-hmm. so far this year, that one on Rivers and then that one on Cousins. Mm-hmm. But he was saying this week that a lot of times that left-end and the opposite defensive tackle, they pair together. Mm-hmm. So I think just having – and he said this, you know, my goal when I'm out there is to be always the opposite of Aaron mm-hmm. because I know that it's going to be a good matchup for the two of us. No doubt. You've got two of the best in the game of what they do there. So that that's really cool to see from that defensive perspective, what Wade Phillips is doing with those two guys. Well, it's coming It's coming to fruition. Like, there was a time when they had the center of the guard jump Aaron. So that mm-hmm. left Sue backside one-on-one with the guard, and immediately he got pressure. Immediately. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, as soon as that center left him and went to Aaron, the push began, and it went right to Kirk Cousins. Yeah. So it is. It's, it's pick your poison, and I don't know which way you slide, but – uh, they did have a game plan for those two, and they max protect, left the back end. Uh, they funneled Aaron to the running back, so it was three guys blocking him or two guys blocking Sue. So they had the doubles they wanted. When that does happen, and I would imagine that's going to happen this Sunday, mm-hmm. somebody outside's got to win. Yeah. Somebody out there has got to win those one-on-ones. Yes. It doesn't have to be clean. At least get pressure on the quarterback. Right. Yeah. You yeah. can't get stuck on the line of scrimmage when everybody's wadded up. Now exactly. you've got nothing. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I think those two guys, and maybe even Sue especially, they just look like they're having so much fun playing together. Like when Sue got that sack and he starts backing away and like doing whatever thing. he was doing with the arms. Yeah, yeah. That was awesome. Yeah. Can you imagine him doing that in the nightclub? <laughs> you know, <laughs> just, just, just move. Just go ahead. Just move. Okay, just move. Yeah, yeah like, just go ahead and move. But yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's the deal. And they're accepting the challenge, and I, I think there's more left with them because, really, they haven't started running games together yet. Mm-hmm. I, I imagine at some point that's coming yeah. between the two. Yeah. I just I like the, I like that, you know, when you get two guys and they just – or three guys, really, with Brockers in there, too, and you just see how much fun they're having yeah. playing this game. And it, it happened at practice the other day in the portion that we were allowed to see – where Sue and Brockers, or Sue and Donald, I think it was, were really imitating each other's sack celebrations. Mm-hmm. So, like, Sue was basically, like, walking on a catwalk and, like, waving to the crowd. And, like, it was hilarious. And then Donald did the, like, back up oh thing God. with the arms. Wow, I love it. Isn't that great? That is cool. You know, we talk yeah, about yeah. being a connected team in the chemistry. Like, that, to me, it shows it, too. I love it when there's no jealousy. It's all about getting the quarterback on the ground. Who, oh, cares, yeah. who cares who gets it? Yeah. Yeah, who cares who scores the touchdown as long as the Rams score? Yes. Yeah, that's exactly. the way it should be. All right. 
right, so let's quickly talk a little bit about this uh, Seattle Seahawks team. Yeah, they worry me. Is not the Legion of Boom really yeah. anymore? I think the Legion of Boom is. I don't want to say dead. It ran its course. It's not, yeah. It ran its course. It, it's yeah. not there anymore. I mean, especially with Earl Thomas going out um, with that fracture last week. I have a question for you. Okay. Okay, the Legion of Boom consists yeah. of? Uh, Richard Sherman, Cam Chancellor, uh, Earl Thomas. And corner, yeah, whatever. Yeah, and corner, Byron Maxwell, one of those guys. Why doesn't anybody ever include Bobby Wagner in the Legion of Boom? Because, because he's he, not—he's technically a linebacker and not a member of the secondary. He's—he should be you. a part of that Legion of Boom. Yeah. yeah, he's still there. Yes, he is a cement mixer of a middle linebacker. He is the red line on your GPS that signifies traffic. <laughs> I, I'm serious. <laughs> I like he, that. he is an absolute problem in yes. the middle. No, he, he does not hesitate, which is why he's always right. Mm -hmm. He reads it. He's downhill, and he, he's downhill in a blink. It's either a zero gain or minus. He's that good. Well, last year when the Rams went up to Seattle and beat the snot out of them, mm -hmm. Bobby Wagner wasn't healthy, and mm -hmm. I think you could kind of tell in the way he was playing. And still played pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. Still yeah. played reasonably well yes, in there. Yes, no, he did. Yeah. I mean, so he is still a leader to that defense. Uh, so like Russell Wilson, it seems like they're, they're building a foundation. Like Pete Carroll, since he won a Super Bowl, he has afforded the right to rebuild. And they're, mm -hmm. they're rebuilding, and they're building a foundation offensively and defensively. Yeah. The last two weeks, offensively, they're starting to run the ball better. Yep. Defensively, they're starting to stop the run. So it's like the quarterbacks of both units are growing new units, if that yeah, makes any sense. It does. Yeah. It does. Yeah. It does, especially because Russell Wilson now, I mean, he still has Doug Baldwin, but, mm -hmm. you know, he's got different weapons. doesn't mm -hmm. have Marshawn Lynch. You've got Chris Carson, Mike Davis, and Rashad Penny mm -hmm. back there. And uh, those guys, they have. They've run the ball well, mm -hmm. especially – over the last two weeks. So I think in when we saw the Rams maybe struggle a little bit against the run, that was against the Chargers. Mm -hmm. I think the Seahawks are going to try to to do that to the Rams. Absolutely. Play ball control offense. Yeah, yeah. So that the, the one way to stop the Rams from scoring is to make sure they're not on the field. Yeah, look, they're looking for weak links when they're running the football. When they say stretch, they mean stretch. They are literally stretching the defense from either hash mark to the sideline. They're running sideways and looking for a weak link, and then they're going to make the cut. Right. So if one guy, this is what I mean, all 11 have to be on the same page. If one guy is not on his game, that's the guy that's going to get cut, chopped, and the running back's going to make, may not be a big play, but at least keep the offense on the field longer, right. which wears the defense out. So it'll be a challenge up there in Seattle. And I know people don't want to hear it. They think Seattle's down. But until you beat them there, Seattle is still Seattle. I agree with you. Yeah. And just because the Rams beat them there last year doesn't mean anything. Right. It means that was last year. Yeah. Now it's going to be this year. And the Rams have to continue to bring their A game and get better. You, you can't take your foot off the gas because you think Seattle is wounded. Right. This is when they're dangerous, if you ask me. One piece that may make them a little bit better is Mark Barron. Mm -hmm. He is, at least at this point in the week, expected to play and make his 2018 debut against the Seahawks. I think that helps in a number of areas, but especially stopping the run. Oh, my God. Uh, you can see the smoke coming out of his nostrils. He yes. has been dying to play. Yes. Yes, and now his body has cooperated. So, you know, trying to f I'm trying to figure out where you put him. Um, because I think both linebackers have been playing great football. Rameek yeah, Wilson, Rameek especially. Wilson, yeah. Corey Littleton, I think, is coming into his own as the captain of the defense. So which guy do you pull off to put Barron on, or do you have certain sub-packages to where Barron comes on the field with them? Hmm. He's got speed. He's got instincts. He does. Okay, if you need help with edge rushing, just, just saying. Ooh. Yeah, if you, if you look at the size of Mark Barron and look at the size of Seattle's defensive ends, yeah. they're almost the same. 
And those are four or three guys. Right. So if they can do it, why can't he? I think that's that could be something to watch this week. When he's on the field, you're going to have to account for him. Absolutely. Yeah. Because he's got the speed, he's got the power. I was talking to him yesterday, and he really said that it's been tough because this is the game he loves, and he really wants to be out there. So for the offense, yeah. uh, the Rams offense, do you think that Seattle will take the same approach, and we were sort of talking about this earlier, as making Goff throw in order for them to get down the field and beat them? I'm not sure if that's how I would present it to my defense, but what I would say is we're going to stop the run. Okay. We're going to take away Todd Gurley. Yeah. And we're, we're going to make the Rams uh, go the hard road to beat us, which means it's going to be on Jared Goff's arm. So I think we know that Jared Goff is up to that challenge. I think we know the offensive line is up to the challenge of protecting him. The only difference is it's going to be loud there. Crowd noise is going to be a factor. True. Which will affect their get-off coming towards Jared Goff. So I, I think the protection has been great, but just by virtue of being there, there's gonna, they're, they're going to have guys that get good jumps off the football. So you might see a little more pressure on Goff than you have. Okay. So it's actually sound. Stop Todd Gurley, you might have a better chance to stop this offense. Right, yeah, but that's sort of the only way to do it, mm -hmm. right? Because, again, and we talked about this earlier, if you don't stop Todd Gurley, it's going to be a very long day for you. Or short. Yeah. If you if you yes. if you don't stack the lose. box against Todd Gurley, it'll be the shortest game in history. Because all the Rams are going to do is continue to run the ball down the field. And the clock will keep moving. Exactly. Absolutely. When Russell Wilson gets the football, he'll have three or four minutes a quarter to make right. something happen. Right. If they don't make a concerted effort to stop Todd Gurley. At some point I think a team is gonna try that. You're gonna have to. Because, you can't stop everything. Right. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think that some a, a team is going to say, all right, you're not going to throw today. Let's see if Todd Gurley can beat you. Right. So I don't know if it's going to be this week, but I think at some point there's going – if Jared Goff keeps performing that, the way yeah. he's performing, there's going to be a team that tries that. And this is game-specific because next week the challenges will change. Oh, yes. Because of who you're, who you're playing. But yes. for this defense, I would suspect they are going to stop the run. They're going right. to make it a point to stop the run. All right. Well, I think that'll do it. You have any parting shots, Demarco? Uh, no, man. Going up to Seattle, this is where it begins. Um, you know, you took the title from Seattle, and you want to keep it, and you blew them out last time up there. So their fan base is thinking, ah, it can't happen twice. Okay, let's test that. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see what happens. Let's see what happens for sure. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for watching and listening to this edition of Between the Horns kickoff on Sunday. It's going to be at 1:25 Pacific. We will see you. At, for Rams, oh man, ah, didn't or see Rams. the landing. Yeah. We'll see you for Rams <laughs> pregame live at about 12.30, 12.45. You can catch that on the social channels. Until then, I'm Miles Simmons. That's DeMarco Farr. This is Between the Horns. Seven.